with the reduction in games kind of across the board, I guess, when did you guys kind of find out this was going to be kind of a situation that Division Two is going to kind of have this year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's something that the NCAA has been talking about for a little while. And in fact, the, the NCAA national office reached out to both the Conference Commissioners Association and the Athletic Directors Association in Division II and, and asked for both groups to start to talk to its membership about things the NCAA might be able to do to help schools, especially with some of the the financial issues we're facing um, as a result of the economic shutdown, things like that. Um, the NCAA, at least in Division Two, has a history of doing things like this. Back in back in 2010, um, NCAA Division Two uh, modified the length of seasons and how early student athletes report back to campus and uh, a, a few other measures that were intended to help schools save money on the on the back end of the of the great recession the the 2008 2009 financial crisis and then in 2010 the ncaa put put together this legislative package called the life in the balance initiative and that and that helped schools um not just athletic departments but schools um protect sports and and really rebound after that financial crisis so in Division Two, there's a history of the NCAA um, really taking a leadership role in trying to modify uh, regulations, policies, rules uh, that help schools manage budgets. And, um, you know, this is one way the NCAA can do that. The NCAA can't go in and, and, and control salaries or, uh, you know, other things that would be a violation of antitrust law. But they can they can control things like how long a season lasts or how many games a school can play, and and all of those things transfer to uh, the costs of athletic departments to to have sports. So um, I kind of thought the NCAA would would head in this direction, and probably about three or four weeks ago, the the discussions turned into actual surveys of the membership and whether or not there would be support to do. Uh, a reduction in football, a reduction in basketball, a reduction in volleyball, what, what that might look like. And, and over the course of the past month, there have been two surveys, and, and both have shown about uh, 80 to 85% support uh, from college presidents and athletic directors uh, for NCAA to do this type of national initiative, uh, shorten the seasons, shorten the number of games, and help schools save money. Does it help that it, Division Two has went through this before, back in, like you said, 2010? Does it kind of help? Because for most of us, we don't have a blueprint for it. This, though, there's kind of, I guess, a, it's happened before, at least, that everybody kind of knows what to follow and kind of what it may look like. Yeah, and I think, I think so. I think that um, because of what happened back in 2010, you know, there's still a lot of presidents and athletic directors in positions on campus that remember that. And, and know that that's been something the NCAA has done and, and it, it's, it's worked out. Um, and, uh, you know, the division, the division has become more successful. You know, it, uh, uh, schools have, uh, uh, number of schools in Division II have increased. The number of sports that are being offered has increased. The number of 
student athletes participating in Division II has increased. So, you know, a lot of a lot of naysayers back in 2010 said, "Well, you know, uh, kids are going to transfer, um, coaches are going to leave, you know, schools are going to leave the division." None of that happened. So there there is that uh, there is that example, and I think it made our membership in Division II more comfortable that the NCAA can do this. You know, frankly, um, you know, we're not we're not seeing this discussion in Division One. Um, we're not seeing it in Division Three. Um, what we are seeing in Division One are conferences that are doing this on their own, um, reducing schedules, um, uh, changing uh, the the way that schools will travel. Um, you know, eliminating long trips and in putting uh, uh, restrictions on, you know, uh, scheduling games only against in-region competition. Uh, conferences are doing that on their own. And we also see in Division One, you know, every day it seems like a story, a new story about schools eliminating sports. Um, Furman University dropped its baseball program. Uh, Bowling Green University dropped its baseball program. Uh, Chicago State's about ready to announce uh, a number of sports are eliminating, including baseball. You know, these are all Division One programs, um, and uh, you know we'll have we'll have some sports that get canceled in Division Two um, and Division Three. But but I like to think that because of the action the NCAA took, um, not as many sports will be eliminated, and, and I think the shared sacrifice of eliminating some games. Um, in every sport on every campus will help save jobs of coaches and athletic administrators and athletic departments. Going along with that, with I know everybody's kind of disappointed that games are being cut, but when it comes to cutting games or cutting programs, just how much of a fine line, I guess, are some universities and colleges kind of walking right now, or is it that close for, for some? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I, I, I don't think a lot of people realize how dependent higher education is on, on, on really two things. One is um, appropriations, especially public universities, appropriations that they get from state uh, government. Um, you know, and the state budgets across the country um, have, have been wrecked. Um, you know, um, state, state income, a lot of it comes from taxes, uh, collecting uh, employment tax or, or sales tax. Um, you know, there's, there's big reductions in state revenue. Um, many states have had increased expenses the last few months in, in supplies and equipment and, and uh, uh, unemployment support, uh, health support for citizens. And, and on top of all of that then is uh, uh, states trying to balance their budget, and, and there are going to be cuts in higher education. So next year is going to be a really difficult year financially for colleges and universities across the country. The other thing colleges and universities rely on um, is enrollment, especially schools like in the, in the MIAA, um, mid-sized regional public universities. Um, those, those campus budgets are driven by number of students on campus. And we're gonna have a reduction. There's a reduction already in the number of high school graduates um, the next few years, just, just demographics. So, 
you, you couple that with uh, a significant loss of, of international students, um, graduate students, um, you know, uh, it, uh, students that aren't able to afford to continue to go to school and, and they won't be retained. And, and so there's, there's a lot of disruption in higher education. And, um, you know, these measures will, I think, help um, schools make, make uh, difficult decisions. I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of our campuses can, can um, make adjustments in budget because of fewer trips, fewer games they'll be scheduling. And, and, that, and that may save a job or two. Uh, it may save an assistant coach's position or uh, an assistant athletic director's job. Um, you know, it may, it may help the, the men's tennis program or the, the cross country team from being cut and eliminated. So I think, you know, no one likes to have fewer games. Student athletes certainly don't like playing fewer baseball games or fewer basketball games. Coaches don't like that. Um, but when people think about a shared sacrifice for next year, where every program's gonna play a little less, travel a little less, and it, it hopefully helps the overall financial health of the university, um, hopefully people understand that's worth it. I don't know if there's a number out there or anything, but do you know approximately how much this may help the MIAA universities by just cutting back on, on games at this point? Yeah, I think most of the ADs that I've talked to have 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 used um, the figure of several thousand dollars. Um, I've talked to a couple of ADs that you know regular season uh, schedules and and trips and things that they they have planned for next year and and trimming on average ten to fifteen percent of your schedule um, will save fifty thousand dollars or more. So I, I think you know we're talking about um, um, we're talking about important um, cost savings uh, in an athletics department. The other thing that is unknown, um, and at the end of the day, you know, the, the news the news on this is changing rapidly, and and uh, you know the way the way things look today will be very different than the way things looked um, the end of June. But um, you know, one of the things that our athletic administrators and our and our and our presidents are, are facing is what does what does um, higher education and intercollegiate athletics look like next year? You know, in a world where um, COVID nineteen and and this virus um, make make things different. Um, for example, um, a, a baseball team that's going to travel for a weekend series, and and maybe before. Um, that institution could could make that trip with with one bus. Uh, maybe maybe social distancing requirements on a bus, where you're sitting one student per seat, requires that trip to now be made with fewer students, or you have to take two buses. You have to double your transportation costs um, uh, on the road and and thinking about hotel rooms. Um, that, that baseball team that before maybe could get by with 10 or 15 hotel rooms and, and have two or three student athletes per room, um, maybe, the, maybe the restrictions and guidelines now say one, one student athlete per hotel room and, and now you've tripled your, your housing costs. So, 
you know, there are a lot of unknowns that our administrators are trying to look at to get athletics back, back up and ready and, and, and uh, ready for competition. And, and some of these savings, uh, projected savings in fewer games um, may get eaten up by increased cost of doing business um, uh, and, and what a new normal looks like for next year. Looking at some of what Division One schools are looking at with um, the fall semester, I mean, some of them are looking at ending in November at this point. Is that something where the conference or Division Two is starting to have to look at too? Is if I mean, only a few Division Ones have done it so far, but is that some a scenario that even everybody else is looking at too? That do we have to move up and end by the end of November, mid-November, just depending on what the information is that we get in the next few months. Yeah, I, I think a few of our schools are obviously talking about schedule and and what the best time to start is and 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 what the best time of the year to try and be finished is and and do we do we have a fall break? Do we eliminate the fall break? Um, you know, do we do finals different? Um, you know, I think I think our campuses. I, I know our campuses are all having those conversations um, right now. There's really been no. Um, change in schedule that I'm aware of for, for any of our schools. Um, I, I think the, the planned academic calendar that's been in place um, continues to be what schools are working around. And certainly what we're working around as we, as we try to, to build out new schedules to comply with the new NCAA requirements. Um, but some of this will be dictated by, um, uh, you know, changing health circumstances and and guidance we get from the federal government, the state, and uh, and local health officials. Um, part of this will be driven by the NCAA. Um, you know, we um, we suspended sports in the spring until we heard that the NCAA canceled sports in the spring, and and then you know it didn't make a lot of sense for us to have a have a spring season. Uh, when the NCAA had announced that there would not be any championships. So, you know, we, we could have uh, plans in place. And if the NCAA announces that, um, you know, that they're going to accelerate when championships occur or delay when championships occur, that, that's going to impact um, what we need to do as a conference. Uh, but right now, um, you know, everything that we're planning is, uh, is the kind of mid, mid to late August start. Um, for classes for most of our campuses and um, uh, a start for competition uh, in and around Labor Day is, uh, is what, we're, what we're talking about. Final question I have for you. It's, it's along those lines. Uh, Bob Bowles, we talked about the other night about already looking to winter sports again. Is that something that you guys are even having to even just have initial discussions about? Because like you said, it's ever-changing health conditions. Uh, Things are changing daily, weekly. Just how much are you guys having to look ahead, just not to fall, but even winter or spring? I mean, just the whole academic year. Well, yeah, and and so fortunately, with the NCAA action, they they made scheduling reductions in all sports, fall, winter, and spring. So, so we as a conference, we have a subcommittee uh, that met uh, yesterday morning, and they they started looking at the new NCAA. Um, maximum schedules and and how that impacts our conference schedules and 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 we're going to have to have discussions about 
what our basketball schedules look like, what our baseball schedules look like, um, certainly what our fall sports schedules look like. We hope to, we hope to have some decisions on all of that by mid-June. Uh, but the one thing, we've, we've got another subcommittee that's looking at all of our championships. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a cost savings there. Um, you know, most of, our, most of our MIAA schools um, don't budget for postseason expense. Um, uh, you know, they, that's as, as teams make postseason and as, as expenses for conference or NCAA uh, trips occur, uh, schools will have to do separate fundraising or um, assistance from boosters to help pay those expenses. But, but they can be, you know, for a school that's quite successful, you know, you could be talking um, uh, six figures for uh, postseason travel. So, um, so we're looking at things like, um, you know, where we have championships, how big our brackets are, um, you know, how long those tournaments last, um, uh, what the format is for, for determining that champion, you know, whether it's a double elimination or a, a single elimination tournament. So we're looking at all of those things related to our postseason schedules and and then our regular season schedules being shortened um you know we need to have conversations do we do we spread out uh the length of time between games or do we create uh, a couple of weeks at the end of the season that could be used as makeup um uh makeup weeks if there are games that that don't occur or or get canceled because someone gets sick so, you know, all of those things are in play, not just for the fall, uh, but, but taking a look at all of those issues for winter and spring for next year. Oh, yeah, mine was just about scheduling, like trying to think about how you would reschedule, like I was thinking football and basketball and cutting down and traveling and how, how are the committees even going to, where do they start with rescheduling? Yeah, and it's 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 a big puzzle, and it's not, you know, it's not as easy. I I think I, I talked to a few people yesterday, and they they thought, okay, well, with football going from eleven games to ten, the MIAA will probably just uh, eliminate week one in the schedule and play weeks two through eleven, and and bring everyone in a week later, and 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 that's your schedule. And um, you know what we quickly realized why that why that it's an option, but it really is not ideal is because um, it would leave some schools with only four home football games. Um, other schools would have six home football games. And, and that imbalance is uh, problematic because of how important home football games are to our MIAA communities. Um, you know, obviously campuses plan around football games for for Family Day and and Military Appreciation Day, certainly homecoming, and uh, you know if a school goes from planning for five of those to to only having four, um, it's a problem for campus and and then frankly it's a it's a it's a problem for the community. Um, you know a lot of hotels and restaurants and and bars and shops rely on a football weekend. Um, and, and those are big deals in, in our MIAA community. So, so we, the subcommittee talked about this yesterday, you know, we're going to have to go back in to the football schedule and, and redo it. 
um, we'll do a blind draw. Um, you know, so you'll everyone will have new opponents, and and uh, you know, um, Missouri Western may have been uh, scheduled to host uh, Central Oklahoma, and now you know now you'll be on the road to play Central, uh, or could be on the road. So it it it'll be new opponents and and uh, new places you're playing. The only thing that we're 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 um, putting into the formula is that we'll do a new a new football schedule, new draw. But everyone will end up with five five home games, five away games, and and to the extent we can, we're we're going to try to protect the date that's been announced by each campus for homecoming. So as we do that new schedule and we we come up with uh, five five new home dates for Missouri Western or Northwest Missouri or Central Missouri, um, one of those. Uh, new home dates will hopefully land on what had already been announced as your 2020 homecoming. Uh, but it's, um, you know, and, and so we have to go through and have some of those discussions about, about every sport. Um, so it's, uh, it's a puzzle. And uh, uh, the good thing for the MIAA is we've, we've got some folks on this subcommittee who are puzzle experts. Um, they, they, they really thrive at uh, at uh, working through issues regarding scheduling and how things need to need to come together, and and they're doing that in a way that is um, you know working what's best for the conference, uh, not necessarily their own uh, you know institutional interests. So um, so far so good, and they've got they've got a few more calls that they need to work through um, all of these issues and. And like I said, the target is to try to have a, a, a new schedule and all of these sports announced by June 15th.